This is Late Nights, only on Cape Talk. Dr. Eve, welcome to Late Nights. Always lovely to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, it's happy to be with you, Sarah Jane. Thank you for inviting me. So, International Masturbation Month is, this is, that's now, it's happening now. Does that mean we should all be masturbating ourselves into a coma? (laughs) Well, we are already. We're just keeping silent about it. Are we? um, Yeah, we are indeed. But unfortunately, so much shame and stigma still associated with it and with so much pleasure around it. However, there is still confusion and myths that exist that put people into shame rather than enough pleasure around it. Mm. So this month is just about making a fuss so that people become better educated and the shame can disappear and people can talk to each, to each other. You know, I'm really interested always that couples should talk to each other about their own sexuality and what better way to learn about sexuality than through masturbation. Absolutely. If we sort of go back, if we take you back sort of into my my childhood and my sexual awakenings, as it were, masturbation was <laughs> never mentioned in our house, ever, 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 ever. It was just, a, it was a definite sort of no-no. Uh, and I remember once walking in on my brother, who was three years older than me, I was probably about seven and he must have been about ten. And mm. I now know that he was masturbating. At the time I didn't know and I just thought, what on earth is happening? And I remember being terrified, but I wasn't in a position to ask anybody um, what was what was happening. Uh, and then in terms of masturbating myself, that was never a conversation that was ever going to happen. It just sort of happened by nature, as I suppose these these things do tend to. But no, there was never a conversation. And there was always shame attached because it because mm. it wasn't something that we had had discussed and therefore thought we were not allowed to discuss it. The the, the inference is that it's shameful. Yeah. And I guess that you didn't get any sex education, or maybe no. you did. No, but no, if no. If there was sexuality education in school, I bet you that there wasn't masturbation that was included in that because no. I know I'm involved with the curriculum development in this country around sexuality education, and masturbation has never been part of what they teach in, um, in, in school, in, no, never. in sex ed in schools over here either. And then the media haven't spoken about it often, right? I mean, you're in the media. Mm. How often do you get to hear or read an article that is specifically about masturbation? It's, you know, recently that the Cosmos and the Men's Health, Women's Health, they will talk about it in a way. And, and I must say that the way that it's even spoken about in media can be shaming because mm. people who don't, who don't, don't self-pleasure, don't masturbate, feel that there's something wrong with them if they're not into this activity, which of course is nonsense because such a personal pleasure, such a personal sexual activity that people should not feel pathologized if they're not doing it Mm. uh, out of a choice or out of a religious or cultural reason. You know what's interesting is that for me, for a long time, um, the only person that I was having sex with was myself because my yeah, it, the yeah. point at which that I, I became involved with another partner, I was much, you know, 16, 17, whereas probably in terms of masturbating, I don't know, 11, 12, I'm not sure, I can't even remember. So by yeah, the time it yeah. got to the point where I was actually, there was another person involved in, in my sexual activity, I pretty much knew what I liked um, in, in mm. that context and being at that age and whatever. However... I didn't feel at that point uh, confident enough or open enough to to say Mm. to my partner at the time, I I was a teenager, well, this is what I like, so can you just do this? Mm. Whereas now, fast forward 100 years, 
I have no no qualms at all um, <laughs> about doing that. Is is that again again linked linked to shame? But is it also linked to the fact? And I think that I was very much under the impression that sex was really for men, and that women were there essentially as an orifice. You know what you've just done with this incredible sharing is such a gift to the many many women who are listening to you. And the men who need to be hearing this from women or the women who need to be hearing it from their female partners. Because it's seldom that people will acknowledge first, especially women, Sarah Jane, that mm. you know, they also self-pleasure. And mm. that it is an activity that they learn how to become orgasmic and how they enjoy being sexual and learn about their bodies. I mean, that's one of the primary advantages of masturbation. And then the same hiccup that you had when you were 16 or 17 of not being able to say to a partner, look, you know, this is what I've learned about myself, mm. that actually I probably, and I, I don't know, this is not your voice, this is just a mm. general mm. voice, women that I'm using, that I enjoy clitoral stimulation more than having your fingers jammed inside of me or yeah. a penis or an object jammed yeah. inside of me. And that you couldn't say that to a partner. No. Whereas what you've done now is you've been able to, to keep, to, you know, to have that voice in a partnership where it's still so many women are not able to say that at all mm. to their partners. And these are the women who will present to me or their partners will drag them to consult with me because they're not orgasmic or these women don't have any desire to be sexual. And once exploration has been done in terms of talking, these women are really clear that when they are on their own, they're highly orgasmic. They know yeah. exactly what turns them on. It's always that unbelievably difficult conversation to be able to have with a partner mm. around first of all the partner may say well how do you know that yes right and then it's like this shaming blushing experience of well actually because i have pleasured myself and it's such an embarrassing thing for a woman to acknowledge because either the man's going to be maligning her yeah. judging her so true feeling feeling also that that he is inadequate um, really not understanding because there isn't a common idea that women masturbate. It's always only way accepted that, you know, men are Absolutely. the ones who are, are jerking off. Absolutely. So a woman has to have enormous courage and take great risk in sharing that part of her sexuality with a partner. So too many women will lie totally unsatisfied and frustrated knowing how to become orgasmic next to a partner but not being able to tell him for fear of rejection or for fear of violence even in our mm -hmm. country so there is just this silence and then she's just not satisfied and that would also be one of the motivating factors for her to um, seek out cyber infidelity or in real life infidelity because mm -hmm. it's somehow easier to tell that to a lover who you don't have any investment in this is how I want to be pleasured than to tell it to a partner who you actually are in a significant relationship with. I have to tell you, I think for me, one of the one of the absolute benefits of, of getting older is um, my sexual maturity um, and and my my own sexual empowerment has. And it's been enormous. And when people used to talk to me about female sexual empowerment, I it made me uncomfortable because I thought, does that mean that we're all running around like a bunch of quote unquote nymphomaniacs? Because that was a word that got used quite a lot in the sort of late nineties uh, and, and early two thousands. Yeah. That women who enjoyed sex were nymphomaniacs. Yeah. Uh, so I felt I felt that I didn't actually want to own my sexual power. But now, mm. uh, now I'm more woke, obviously. 
Um, I think it's it's phenomenal. I mean, I'm 38 years old. Of course, I've got an enormous sexual uh, sexual power. And of course, I want to masturbate. And of course, um, you know, or, or why wouldn't I want to? Uh, and one of the other things, and you touched on it there, was men feeling inadequate about it. I remember um, a, mm. a, a former partner of mine once being very, very upset um, by the thought that I was masturbating within our relationship yeah. outside of our, exactly. our, our sex life. Partner. Exactly right. And this is something that I spoke um, with Eusebius about, mm. um, how we feel that once we're in some form of commitment in terms of relationship, that uh, you should only have sexual activity with your partner. Mm. So people really feel it's a huge betrayal if they masturbate, in addition to having partner sex, they may be having a wonderfully satisfying partner. In fact, yeah, what absolutely. Shown, yeah. yeah, you see, you jump right in there because you know that... <laughs> What research has shown is that if you are satisfied in a partnership, in a sexual relationship with your partner, you're more likely to masturbate because you're carrying the fantasy, yeah. you feel way more sexual, and you just want to keep you just want to keep it on, you Absolutely. know, you just, you just want to keep that feeling going. So it's a compliment to your partner; it's not an insult. Mm. But there is this belief that we're owned by the partner, and everything has to be that resource, which is you, has to be invested and fully committed to that partner. Mm. And that, you know, that is, it feels like a betrayal if you dare have any kind of sexual play by yourself. Just like some people feel like it's a betrayal if they go play golf on their own or fish on their own or go with, you know, with girlfriends to a dinner, for a dinner for the evening. Mm. It's, it's, it's really, it's really unhealthy. What I always find interesting about that, and I remember speaking to a, a, a sex therapist a number of years ago uh, who said to me, um, as long as and we were talking about about sex and life and, and various things. And she said, um, you know, th there's a difference between sex being sexually empowered and there's a difference between um, also invite she what she referred to as a third party in the relationship. And she meant that in a very broad sense. She would say that if a third party could be pornography, it could be a, a, an yeah. actual physical person, a third party. It could be a fantasy. And if that's interfering mm -hmm. in the intimacy of the relationship, that you're invested in then it's a problem but if it isn't yeah. if everyone's yeah. all on the same page and the intimacy and the communication is there uh then then really anything goes do you agree with that yes i do it's an add-on to be able to have an i think it's a responsibility in fact of each person to have their own separate eroticism their erotic life their own separate sexuality because in that way they are bringing in excitement if you just joined at the hip with it sexually, emotionally, and socially, that relationship really suffers. It becomes quite boring and it becomes very stale. And people are then much more likely to steal out, either by viewing pornography or chatting to people online or to having infidelity, but there will be secrecy that happens because they crave, we all do, we crave novelty, we crave surprises. So definitely it's your responsibility to feed your own sexuality keeping it within the boundary of what you've committed to your partner. But reading reading porn, watching porn, talking to girlfriends about it, keeping yourself sexually alive and interested in bringing using toys. I mean, come on, that's why I've got a 10% discount in my entire store this month. Have you? I want people to, yeah, yeah, I want people to buy toys. Dr. Eve Dokoza, and, by the way, people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, um, this is an essential part of having an adult healthy sexual relationship mm. where you have the fantasy. And I agree, if you find that that becomes interfering and distorting a 
problem in the relationship. Of course you need to talk about that. If you need to bring in fantasy because you're no longer attracted to this person or because you have a core erotic theme that you're not sharing with your partner. Mm. So, for example, you may be into BDSM, but your partner knows about it, uh, but they're not into it. As long as there is an understanding, like, you know, I'm going to be bringing in this fantasy, I'm still going to be very present with you. I may mm. talk to you about it, or I am just going to be having it in my head. As long as the person feels there is connection, because, you know, that's why we have sex, not just for the orgasm, but yeah. the sense of intimacy and connection, right? So it's, it's open. You, I mean, you know, because you, you know you, you do a lot of this chatting, what hurts people most is the secret. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Which is which is strange. And I'll go back to this this situation with this guy that I was uh, involved with, who I, I made absolutely no bones about the fact that I masturbated. Why would I? I mean, I thought it was a, I, sort of everyone does. I thought it was a perfectly normal. My producer is throwing his hands in the air with glee at this <laughs> at this news. But you know, but 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 honestly, I mean, of course. Why, why wouldn't I? Why, why would I not? It was it, there was just as much chance that I would as I wouldn't. Um, and while he was okay with that happening in the context of our sex life, and was okay with the idea of me using sex toys while he was there, the thought that I might be doing something while he wasn't yeah. there just yeah. absolutely freaked him out. And I, yeah. I went into that relationship in a very open way, saying, well, this is what I enjoy sexually. Why would that suddenly mm-hmm. be curtailed? Because you're on a business trip for two days and, and I'm feeling horny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that just would talk to difficulties. In, well, I guess that's why you're not with the guy anymore. No. Because that would talk to, exactly, that would talk to other areas where there was insecurity Very in this particular person. And yeah. also and also a sense of needing possessiveness and needing to feel I'm in control of your sexuality and you're only able to have this orgasm when I'm around, yeah. which is really a very childish thing to do. But I'd say in that, and I'm sounding judgmental, so forgive no. me for all the listeners who are in that situation because I have empathy. Because oftentimes those are relationships which are very controlling and might be emotionally abusive. And so we, you know, we want to have respect for those women who are still in them and struggle to get out of them. But you're aware. I mean, this is what we're talking about it because mm. you must be aware that that is unhealthy behavior. If a man is going to, or a woman is going to respond to your sexuality in that way. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to, to people that you deal with your clients and just in your experience, are women, when speaking to you privately, are they much more open than they would be? I mean, have you been in, in situations where a woman has said, well, I masturbate, and the husband has sort of turned aghast? Uh, and I'm looking at this in a very heteronormative way. Uh, yes. But but as yes. you say, there is this idea that mm. men men masturbate, and we all know about that, and women, we're not really mm. supposed to. And if mm. we talk about it, oh, well, we shouldn't. Yeah. Well, that's why I do couple work. Um, obviously, I see individual people in therapy as well, um, but I mostly do couple work because, as I say to, to everybody, you know, it's not that you're going to be, going home with me, I don't, you know, I love getting information, but it's really not going to be useful to me or to you. You need your partner to hear that. And there's a resistance to that. There can be because it's like, this is just too difficult for me to be telling my partner. So when I have a couple in therapy, I will say to them, to each one of them, sitting on my couch, tell me about your masturbation. And oftentimes there is absolute, I can feel there is this, this frozen moment mm. where they might have been married for 20 years, 30 years and they've never discussed it and have no idea that either of them are masturbating and it is such a powerful therapeutic mm. moment, it's the most wonderful experience for a couple to sit through that discomfort and to be able to hear the stuff 
because it opens up a whole new area of conversation that they've never been able to talk to beforehand. Mm. And it's almost a sense of relief of like, sure, I'm not the only one who's doing it. Mm. Or also, at least I know that, you know, she is being sexual and it can bring pain. Like, oh, my goodness, how can she masturbate? But she's not interested in being mm-hmm. sexual with me. Or vice versa, how can he be masturbating and watching porn? But he's choosing not to be sexual. But at least we've lifted the lid and we're getting right down into the, into the, into the pussiness, into the messiness of the relationship, which brings out its wonderful growth at that point. You know what's funny is that I think sometimes, um, and, and going back to this person again, but um, th- there, I think in this person's mind there was a whole, I had a whole fantasy that was going on that didn't involve him, that was nothing to do with him, that was essentially me being... Um, um, cheating on him I guess I think that was what was going on in his yeah, mind yeah, and so often yeah. the funny thing is more often than not it's because I couldn't get to sleep and I thought if I just quickly sort myself out I'll have a lovely yeah. night's sleep it really wasn't a big yeah. it wasn't a big sort of a big deal to me at all but to him it was this yeah. this enormous thing is is masturbation yeah. ever problematic can it can it be where it's it's maybe not healthy or unhealthy um I was teaching my medical students, these blessed third-year medical students at UCT this week, and one of them were giving me a hypothetical case of like, what happens if one of their patients tells them that they masturbate nine, nine times a day? Mm. What would they say? Because, you know, we were talking about isn't a normal, what's abnormal, what's normal, and how do we get definition mm. around, around what's normal? And I said, well, you know, one has to kind of think about it a little logically. If they're young and they're able to ejaculate within seconds, then probably it would not cause a disturbance. But still, I would be a little curious as to where they're finding the time and the place for masturbating nine times a day, because that would probably lead them to be socially isolated. Mm. And that means they wouldn't be socializing or meeting people potential sexual partners and I would want to find out why they were so introverted. So you know, there are many stories that can be told around that particular behavior. Masturbation in itself is absolutely in itself is absolutely healthy. There is nothing unhealthy about it. I know that there are people who are listening who come from religions where mm-hmm. it is forbidden and I totally respect that. I'm talking from a sexual health point of view, a sexual medicine point of view, and we know that it's really healthy to be able to masturbate. It may be something just like you say, puts you to sleep at night, takes off the stress from examinations, takes away anxiety. Mm. And also, it is a sign, if you are finding that you're preferring to masturbate than to have partner sex, well, you, you want to talk to your partner about that. And there are many reasons why people go into that place. Um, for men, for example, the contentiousness around pornography and, and masturbation. For young men specifically, who have grown up with internet and grown up with pornography, pornography, you know, the porn is the problem, of course, but they do get used to a certain form of stimulation. Yeah. It's not about victimizing or objectifying women, mm. and I don't mind that. Mm. I do think it is about a certain way of touching and pleasuring themselves, which is very difficult to duplicate yeah. when you are with a woman if you if you are with a woman and even if you're with a man it may be difficult to teach this man mm. how to touch you in the same way that you've been touched that you touch yourself that you're used to a certain tightness you're an expert in your pressure. own body exactly right yeah. so you know we want to just put it into the correct context that masturbation is not the villain in this drama 
noise porn. It's our attitude towards it, which creates so much discomfort in people, which is really quite a shame. It's interesting. There's another guy. I keep saying there's another guy and another guy. But, you know, I'm 38 uh, and I wrote about him in my book and I called him computer guy. And he I know you don't agree with with like sex addiction. But in terms yeah. of where our where our uh, sex life had gone, I was sexually anorexic and, and in a in an eating disorder and in a very anorexic state of mind anyway. Uh, and and so we didn't have a, a sexual relationship. And he was watching a great deal of porn. Uh, and I remember when I went into therapy and, and my uh, my therapist said to me, ask him how often he masturbates and I thought oh god I really don't want to do this and, and I did ask him in the end and he said I'm doing it all the time and, I, I, and he said but it's nothing to do with you it's nothing to do with you it's because I've got into this state and and he was you know he was uh, in recovery actually but he was he was talking about exactly what you said that that specific template of uh, of stimulation yeah that he just got used to doing yeah. it in one particular yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he didn't, and he didn't want the intimacy. And every time we tried, it would be awful. Yeah. So there, there came with mm. all with come with us trying to have sex came this awful anxiety and then anger and then I, you don't do this oh, and I don't do that. So of course, in the end, mm. he was going to end up, you know, on his own, not wanting to. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Which mm. I took very no, difficult. It's... I found it very difficult at the time, but I have a lot more understanding of it now. Yeah, but I just want to say that, you know, for people who are listening, um, that this is not minimizing the pain of finding out that your partner is watching porn. Uh, This is like a big part of my practice. Oh, it's devastating. Women women come to see me with their partners because of the enormous pain that they feel when discovering the secret, once again, the secret, that their partners are watching porn. So it's not that I don't think porn is a problem. I think... Obviously, what drives a man there, what is keeping him there, is something that has to be examined in a therapeutic environment. Yeah. And I have you know, great respect for people who will come in and do the work around that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, absolutely. And for me, it was it was the, the secrecy that I found devastating yeah. because it was the secrecy that impacted on our intimacy, not the pornography. That was that was neither here. I don't really exactly. have strong views about, about pornography either way. Um, before yeah. we before we sum up, um, just is there anything else that you think we should uh, we should le- before we leave that we should sort of be flagging or, or talking about? I think we have to mention the fact that um, parents get in a very freaked out in their mind that their children are masturbating. And if you are comfortable as an adult with your own sexuality and your own masturbation, you will be way kinder and way more accepting around your children's sexuality and their first exploration of their own bodies. And I really hope that you will have the wisdom to be able to teach your children how to be healthy in their self-pleasuring and not to be seen it in the same sexual way as what adults experience um, stimulation, that you're able to see it as a child exploring in a healthy way and feeling this wonderful feeling of self-pleasuring. Please don't punish them for it, rather educate them about it. Mm, such an important point. Uh, Dr. E, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you can uh, read the article on Dr. E's website about uh, International Masturbation Month by going to dr.eve.coza. And let's just remind ourselves of that rather cheeky little 10% discount that she's doing uh, on, uh, yes. on her toys, which is, yeah, good. I'm heading there right now. Dr. Eve, always lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. And just to Sarah Jane, just mm. to say to people, please follow me on, on Instagram. I've got a daily tip, a daily conversation around masturbation so people can really learn a whole lot about it in, in that way. Okay, what's your handle? 
Don't no, ask me. I do know. I've just got it here. It's Dr. Eve, <laughs> un, Dr. Eve <laughs> underscore SA. Underscore SA, exactly. <laughs> Followed. Thank you've you now that. got you've now got seven hundred and eighteen. There, good. Oh, okay. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> thank okay, you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, okay bye. bye. Now.